Hi, this is Justin Hibbert, and you're listening to Why Catholic, my podcast about the what and why of Catholicism. While typically I talk about specific topics related to Catholicism, I want to be sure to sprinkle in episodes once a month or so with Catholics who are living out their faith in theology. G.K. Chesterton said, let your faith be less of a theory and more of a love affair. And so today, I'm excited to share this interview with Daniel Markham, who just released a new book called 52 Masses. My wife and I met Daniel at the cathedral in San Juan, Puerto Rico. He came up to me after Mass and said that he was writing a book about attending Mass in every state, D.C., and Puerto Rico, and asked if he could interview me. I was so excited when this book came out, and it's my pleasure to return the favor and be the one interviewing Daniel. So, without further ado, here's my interview with Daniel Markham, author of 52 Masses. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. It was great seeing you in Puerto Rico and getting to meet you there. So I'm thrilled to have you here in my podcast on Why Catholic. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was uh, it, it was a, a treat to to meet you and your wife in uh, in Puerto Rico when uh, uh, when we were both uh, there and uh, well, about a little over a year ago, I guess. It was. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I think you said to me. Uh, you know, you came up to me afterwards and you said, Hey, can I interview you? And I was like, ah, I'm not Catholic, but I'm on my way into the church. <laughs> yeah. And we got to talk and I said, I'm from Utah and I'm, I'm converting to Catholicism. And you said, you said something like, yeah, that's exactly what I expect to see. You know, a, <laughs> a person, I run into a, a person from Utah who's converting to Catholicism and who is in Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, first of all, tell us where we can find you, uh, any social media, a website. Oh, sure. So I have a website, uh, 52masses.com. There's a lot of, uh, I used it for a lot of photos um, from the trip. There's no photos in the book. Um, you know, so it's just all text. So uh, that was an opportunity to share some of the photos that I took pretty much everywhere. Also on Facebook, it's very similar. If you just type in 52 masses on Facebook, you'll, you know, it'll, it'll take you to mine. And there's a little bit more uh, interaction with people a, a, as a result. So either, either places is probably the, the two uh, most uh, prominent places to find me. Um, okay. The, the book, the order information will be on the website. You know, if, if you're interested in the book, that's, that's where you would find the, you know, where you might order it. Although it's on Amazon. Awesome. And I'll have links in the show notes so people can okay. find you easily yeah. as well. So perfect. Thank you. This is this was so interesting to me when I met you and you were telling me your story. What made you decide to go on this journey to attend mass in all 50 states, DC and Puerto Rico? Uh, well, initially I thought it was my idea, but then as as I got into it, I realized that it, it wasn't. I was just you know, kind of being called to do this, that this was, you know, I was being asked to, you know, to go on this journey and which was only reinforced time and again over the course of it, that, you know, that because of the experiences I had, the opportunities I had, um, you know, clearly the Holy Spirit was, was kind of pointing me like, this is, this is what, you know, this is how I want you to use your gifts to serve God. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's, out of, you know, I think I, I maybe, I resisted the, the idea that, you know, I was called to do it, you know, cause I feel, I almost felt like, you know, I'm not really worthy of, you know, that distinction, which, you know, which people in religious life have, have felt, but ultimately I couldn't deny that that was, you know, that this was what was at work is I was, you know, this idea was just planted in me. The best thing I could say for me is I didn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> I followed, you know, what, what was asked of me to do. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just happy that I did that because I, I, I couldn't possibly have had a more rewarding experience. Um, you know, I never did in my, you know, in 55 years, I've, it, it was easily the, the non-family highlight of my life. <laughs> 
Now, did you complete this all in a year, two years? How did that 14 work? 14 months. It took 14, 14 months. months. So, uh, okay. Yeah. And, and some of that was, uh, you know, with, with COVID, uh, you know, because initially the idea was, you know, a full year, calendar year, January to, to December. Um, COVID kind of laughed at that hubris. And and so I just kind of uh, did it as working with my regular job to kind of, uh, you know, uh, shoehorning it in where I could. And, you know, some of the things I had to do at specific times of the year, um, like Yellowstone, I went to Yellowstone. So obviously that couldn't happen until the summer. So there were certain things that, you know, kind of, uh, you know, logistics and such that that made it difficult to, to complete in the full 12 months. But, uh, you know, once once I started in June anyway, it was like, it doesn't really matter if it's if it's a full, you know, uh, you know, if I do it in, in 52, you know, con- consecutive weeks, it's, you know, it's more about what, you know, about the, you know, the the mass experience and 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 the and the people that I was, uh, you know, encountering along the way and, and writing about. So I, you know, I like to when I travel um, for work or for vacation, I like to go to mass whenever yeah. I can. And, and certainly if I'm in a, in a major city, I like to go to a cathedral and I like to go to a baseball stadium and, uh, <laughs> I'm and, the same way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I'm curious, is that, is that like, was that the, the impetus behind you, that, that, that desire to, if, if, I, be, if there was one the event that really served as an impetus, um, it would, it would, it was actually related to my son, my oldest son, who's actually upstairs right now. He's, uh, working from home for the, the month he's in from San Francisco. Um, he loves the world and uh, has always been fascinated with it, studied maps. And, you know, he speaks multiple languages. When he was in high school, um, he used to go to, he used to like to go to masses in foreign languages, um, foreign to us. And so we had a little parish in our, in our County that was built by Lithuanian immigrants. And it is, it still offers maths in Lithuanian every third Sunday. So he and I have gone on a couple of occasions or had gone this was back when he was in high school. Um, and it's a beautiful little church. It's actually located in the Indiana Dunes National Park. Um, it, I don't know if there's any other full church buildings in a national park, but this one is. Uh, and and so he and I had attended there. And then I was driving home from uh, from dropping off my youngest son at his Catholic high school. And he went to a different Catholic high school than the two older ones went to. And I was in that area by, by this, by this little parish. And just then that's the idea kind of came in. Oh, you know, I should go there, you know, and then the whole thing just kind of all, all kind of like hit me at once. And by the time I got home, I, the, the whole idea for what I was going to do was in my head. And, but it was, it really, it, it was kind of that, that it was that small little parish and nestled into the, uh, into the state national park was, was kind of the, the one, this, the single impetus that, you know, that, that led, you know, all of these ideas to come to me. I was opened up to the Holy spirit to, you know, to, to kind of, to do the rest of the work. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. Now, I can't imagine the logistics that went into this trip. <laughs> how did you decide where to go, when to go? You know, how how did you plan sure. out that route? So the the actual way of figuring out where I was going to go was there wasn't any art to it. Um, back in 2018, I sent out emails to basically every parish in the country that had an email address. And I said, this is what I'm doing. If you have a story that you think would make uh, a good one, a contribution to the book, let me know. And I got some wonderful responses. Uh, 
And so then I just, all I tried to do from there was get a good balance of types of stories I was writing, like whether it was a ministry, whether it was an effort at evangelization, education, an individual story, people in religious life, as well as lay people, um, cathedrals, small churches, big, you know, suburban parishes, um, Indian reservation. Uh, I went to an air force base. So just all, I, I wanted to, to, to really cover, you know, that universal nature of, of our church and, uh, you know, showing the diversity of it, you know, different, different ethnic groups, and then, and then telling dis- also different types of stories uh, along the way. So, so it was kind of, you know, it was just kind of mix and match and, you know, now some things immediately, okay, I, I've got to go there. You know, like when I would get the email, like in Alaska, I, I was invited by Father Scott to co- go out and fly with him to the small villages. He's a pilot. And oh, wow. although I was terrified <laughs> of the idea of flying in a small <laughs> I was like, I can't pass that up. That's just too, you know, it's too good, uh, too good a story to to miss. So I, you know, I was like, all right, I'm definitely going out there to, you know, fly with, a, you know, the pilot. The previous person in that position, he died in a small plane crash. I mean, that's, it's a risky avocation for, for the, these priests, you know, it, but, uh, uh, I, but I made sure I went there in the, in the, in the, in the summer, because I wanted to be as far away from Alaska's winters <laughs> if I was going to be flying. Um, so like so, something like that, I knew immediately. It's like, okay, I'm going there. Um, and then other things were just kind of like, okay, where might I go? And then some places I even, you know, kind of chose myself. Like um, I wanted to do a prison, a story on pr- prison ministry. So, you know, I didn't really have anything from Maine. So I just kind of said, all right, I'll call up the, the you know, the diocese of Portland and how do I work on this story? And they were all very, you know, gracious and generous and, you know, put me in, tar- in charge with the, in, in touch with the right people. And, and so that's that was just kind of how it went. So a lot of them were kind of self-generated. I mean, the people, the, the parishes themselves uh, said, "Oh yes, please. Uh, you know, you're welcome to come here." And this is, you know, what we have. And you know, there, we have this interesting parishioner or or you know this ministry that we that we have. When I first started to understand what was going on better um, was after I started reaching out to those parishes and. I mostly I'd get email responses back as you would expect because I was sending out emails, but some people would call me and it was the phone calls that changed everything for me. Um, I would hear, you know, people talk with such passion, you know, with such love for their pastor, for their parish, for this ministry they're involved with, you know, for their church festival, you know, just any little thing that, that they were bringing their talents to and they were so engaged and so passionate about it that, I started to understand it better. And I, I think when I, when the idea first you know, <laughs> was planted in me, you know, I kind of, you know, looked at it like, okay, I've been writing professionally for 30 years. You know, I can do this. This is right in, you know, right in my wheelhouse kind of thing like that. Um, after speaking to people, I started to understand, wait a minute, you know, this isn't something I can do. This is something I'm supposed to be doing. This is, this is why I'm here. With that came an, inc- you know, increased amount of pressure, you know, like this has to be, you know, the best work I've ever done because I'm, you know, it's the the first time I've ever been doing work for, you know, for our faith and for God. But it was a great kind of pressure. I mean, it was, you know, I, I welcomed it and thought, you know, this is, you know, this is why I'm here. This is, you know, this is why I'm on this earth, of, you know, at least from a professional standpoint. And, uh, and it was, uh, you know, a wonderful realization. And then as, as over time and the, and the experiences further, um, not just reinforce that, but just kind of, you know, this is, you know, this is, uh, 
you know, it becomes just so, you know, crystal clear, you know, this is, this is why I'm here. If you were to try to guess uh, a percentage, how many of your visits were centered around the church building? Like, Hey, we've got an interesting church here. You should take a look at it. How many of it were around a particular ministry? How many of it was around a particular individual um, that uh, the church said? I hey, would say very few about the building. You know, oh, wow. I would get a lot of, you know, how oh, we have a beautiful building. Well, if you're, you know, if you have a book without photos, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, so I think maybe, uh, you know, I mean, I would describe them here and there as, as if it was, if it was relevant. Um, but I think only a couple, there was one in Vermont, um, that's just a, uh, only because it has just a fascinating history. And, uh, and so that one was large, was largely about the building just because the history is so interesting. And then, um, also probably the next one was probably one in Montana only because, you just wouldn't expect to find this beautiful cathedral in rural Montana, but there was very little about that. I think I would say, let's see, I'd say about a 10th were about ministries um, in various ways, maybe five or six were about individual stories, whether either uh, a priest uh, or, or, or a lay person. Um, I think, I don't know if I, or deacon. Some were just about the parish itself and, and some of its, you know, its history and 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 how it it fits in its community. Um, some were about the mass. Um, depend if it were like the Latin mass was largely about the Latin mass. You know, when I went to last Latin mass community in, in Arkansas, that was largely about the Latin mass and what what its appeal was to the Latin mass goers. You know, and obviously a little bit about its precarious position because I went there a week after. Uh, Pope Francis's initial, you know, remarks on the subject. I was there the following weekend. The Melkite Church in Georgia, but I also went to the Cyril Malabar Church in in, in Arizona. Um, so they were a little bit more about the mass, you know. But there, were, you know, it, it, in some cases, it was just a, a blend of you know history and 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 ministry and 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 where they, you know, where they are now. Um, that was my intent, you know. I didn't, but I yes, I I you know, I mean, most you know, when most of those letters came back, you're like, oh, we have a beautiful building. <laughs> Like I'm, you know, I'm sure you do. It's that's kind of hard to do, you know, in a in a book without, you know, without uh without photos. So, uh, so I I tended to stay too not too. I you know I didn't stray too far into into architecture, you know, only where I felt like it was, you know, it was kind of uh, particularly germane to the to the story. <laughs> Interesting. That's 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 fascinating. I want to go back to your comment about the Latin Mass. Tell me a little bit about that visit to Arkansas, the visit to the, the church there, um, and kind of the, 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 the conversation that went on regarding um, Pope Francis's decision to. Well, yeah, it was, it was uh, they were very, uh, you know, I mean, I, it was interesting. Uh, it's, you know, it's such that, you know, people are, you know, are very, you know, drawn to it. And the, the people who are drawn to it are, are extraordinarily drawn to it. I mean, there was a couple there from, Texas that they were on their way home from Wisconsin and then stopped there so they could go to mass, you know, in a Latin mass community, they would, you know, like they, they have at their home. Uh, there were a lot of, uh, a lot of them that I met um, were uh, converts to Catholicism um, and, and, and felt that the Novus Ordo was a little too similar to the Protestant church that they left. Um, and so they liked that, you know, traditional Catholic mass, like, which is like no other, I think the um, from my experience there and elsewhere, the older parishioners were much more likely to, you know, they liked the Latin Mass, they preferred the Latin Mass, 
But if if they have to go to a Novus Order Mass for daily mass, no big deal. <laughs> the younger people tended to be much more. I'm really only interested in going to the Latin. They were much more passionate about the Latin Mass from the, my limited experience. Um, but I but I held, heard that from elsewhere as well from other uh, other priests. You know, I think there was you know, one gentleman I spoke to was a little bit skeptical of my motives. Um, you know, he was afraid of getting burned. Um, and I don't think that was an unfair feeling, you know, that that he's you know, we had, we've we've had people in here before and they said, you know, oh, we're just doing this. And then they turned around and they, you know, they, they were very uh, cynical towards us. And and, you know, and I, I just tried to explain them like that's not why I'm here. <laughs> From the very beginning, I, I understood that what I wanted to do was everywhere I went, I was letting I was telling their story. It wasn't going to be their story filtered through my ideological, uh, you know, uh, any kind of lens that I might have as a Catholic, as a as an individual as whatever. You know, this was their story. and I was just the person telling it. And I was not going to question any, you know, anything, you know. This is this is why, you know, and so what I want to do is tell the story of why does, you know, what is it about the Latin mass that is appealing to whom to the people that it appeals to, you know, and let them tell their story and let them explain, you know, not defend, not, you know, but but just explain what what it is that, you know, what the beauty and the the reverence that they experience you know, and and how it resonates with them. But there was, I think there was a little, you know, there was a probably a little bit of uh, maybe tension because of, it, of of the timing of it. And and there's, you know, there's certainly some, some fears that are le- legitimate, um, you know, but I had a, I had a wonderful time there. Um, I, you know, the people I met were all, uh, you know, were all very gracious to me and, 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 you know, I didn't hear anything uh, that 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 worried me. <laughs> you know, I, I think I understand some of the the bishops and popes' concerns, but from what I saw, I you know, and particularly from from Father McCambridge, this is the the way they you know they prefer to worship, and they you know they just hope that it remains uh, a viable option for them. Uh, they built a great community, and you know they've grown. Uh, you know they they've. They were in a little form, you know. I mean, this is in Arkansas, so it's not like you know Catholicism has has is is very prominent there. So you know, they bought a a small a former Protestant church that does not scream Latin Mass at all. You know, there's ceilings that are about you know eight feet high. Um, and since then, they have moved into another uh, a, another former Protestant church um, in the same community, but slightly larger. And you know, they'll probably just continue to move up into you know to you know because it, you know it is a growing community, and they they uh, I mean they have certain limitations in some in in some ways the way that the Melka Church and the uh, uh, and the Sir Malapart and other Eastern churches have in that everything has to focus around Sunday at the Mass because people come from large distances, you know, they're, they're not neighborhood parishes in the same way where I worship is. So, uh, you know, everything is, you know, is typically about, you know, Sunday. So they, you know, they develop as parishes a little different, but yeah, it was, it was a wonderful experience. And I, you know, I, I, it wasn't the only Latin mass I went to, um, during the course of the trip or parish that offers a Latin mass I went to, but it was the only one that where I was there specifically for the Latin mass. Yeah, I, I've actually our our parish offers a Latin mass, oh, really? and okay. uh, and I, I've gone 
a number of times and have been going more frequently. And I've just been amazed by it. Like I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I tell my, I tell my Mormon friends and I tell my Protestant friends, I'm like, Hey, you gotta come to, you gotta come to Latin mass with me sometime. Right. Like it's something that is just, you're not going to experience anything quite like this. No, and, no. And yeah. It's, it, you know, there's, there is no question, you know, when you're in there that there's a solemnity, solemnity to it that you don't, that I've never found anywhere else that, you know, you just, you really, it really, you know, you really feel that. And I mean, obviously it's not for everyone and I don't expect it for, for most of us, but if, you know, I think it's hard to, you know, to experience it once and not recognize, well, there is something special about this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad I went. I'm glad, you know, I, I, you know, met as, as always, I'm, you know, met really wonderful people. And, and I'm, you know, I hope, I hope the person who is skeptical of my motives is, uh, is assured when, <laughs> if, and when he reads, uh, my write-up, because I, I, I hope I, I, I think I, I told their story in a, in a way that that's, uh, respectful to, to them. And which is what I, you know, I set out to do everywhere. So I think a lot of people are familiar with the Roman Catholic or the Western Catholic church. Yeah. Uh, and they don't realize that there are actually 23 other particular yes. churches that make up Catholicism. And anytime someone says, Oh, you're Roman Catholic. And I'm like, Oh, well, I'm Catholic. You know, like yeah, I do yeah. attend a Roman Catholic parish, but I am Catholic. Tell me about some of these. You, you, you went to an, a couple of Eastern uh, Catholic. Yeah. Yeah, so one was, you mentioned the Melkite and yeah. Tell me about those. Yeah, it was, yeah, I loved it. Uh, you know, because it was my first time. And I think I, I don't, uh, I, you know, the only thing I could think of is, you know, when I, like I asked why, why was I chosen? Um, I think that, the fact that I was experienced so experiencing so much for the first time was maybe the reason is that I was coming into all of these because I was thinking it was like somebody like you know who was a Catholic scholar or something or or a religious studies <laughs> and you know would you know a lot of this stuff would be things that he was already familiar with or she would you know had already experienced whereas I was just coming in fresh to to virtually everything you know I'd been to a Latin mass before but I never you know other than that you know some of these things you know I'd never been to a, an Eastern church before um, so it was really um, it was really neat. Uh, you know, um, they have great stories, you know, that, you know, they're, um, you know, they have, they have unique challenges, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, they have a language issue where, you know, the generation that came from, you know, that immigrated here, you know, likes the tradition of the old language and then their children who are being raised in the States, they speak English, you know, and they, you know, and they're, so they have a constant pull, they, you know, but they have their, their own traditions, uh, you know, I love the, you know, in the, in the Cyril Malabar church, the kindergartners sit in the first row and it goes kindergartners first, second, third. And, and the priest said, we want the little ones focused exclusively on the priest and the mass, you know, and I thought it was kind of neat. And so I, and that was, that was one of the things that, you know, when you'd go to a, you know, a, you know, I, I went to a couple of, um, although they were Roman parishes that, you know, for, ethnic groups that that were here so a couple of african uh, church communities in uh, in the states and one of and one of them i i was watching uh during the offertory uh, these these people were coming uh, walking up with like big value packs of toilet paper and cases of water and i i thought well that's very that's very odd you know and so i asked i asked the priest afterward who who was from nigeria and he said in nigeria that the prisoners will often they'll bring their fruits and vegetables that they've that they've grown and they'll give them to the priest because that's what they have to offer and 
well, this is Providence, Rhode Island. They don't have farms. So that's this is the the way that that tradition is. It's like you're at the grocery store. Hey, father probably needs some toilet paper. <laughs> so you buy that and you bring it up during, you know, so what looked to be something unusual to me, you know, then when I understood what they were doing, it's like, oh, that's kind of neat, you know, so you'd get those, you know, those, you know, little differences, you know, particularly when you deal with ethnic communities that were, you know, well, we saw that in, you know, Puerto Rico, when I spoke to father, he was saying that we're, you know, kind of a hodgepodge because they have so many different influences on the island. So he's like, if you look at mass, it's like, everybody is kneeling at a different time. (laughs) And, And it, you know, it just, it, because there's so many, you know, they had so many influences from the States and from Spain and the Netherlands and all that, you know, these different uh, ways of, you know, that the church has kind of developed, you know, uh, and the people of the island have developed with their own, you know, idiosyncrasies, I guess. So um, that was where I'd see the the greatest differences. But yeah, it was, I, I, you know, it was, it was wonderful to uh, experience it. And that's, you know, your, what you said is very much at the heart of what they do, because I think they deal with that a lot, you know, like, Hey, we're Catholic. You can, you know, if you're Roman Catholic, you can come here. <laughs> you can have experience past, and it's there's nothing. You're not you're you're not missing your you know uh, your 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 Sunday obligation to uh, you know to 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 attend mass. You're you're here. You know you were in communion with with Rome, and you know they're you know they they want to make sure that their parishioners know it, but 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 else, you know people outside because they do have you know that you will find the occasional Roman Catholic who, you know, starts going to the Melkite church because, you know, I, I just like the, I like the service. I like the music. It's, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's a little more, uh, you know, it's probably used a little closer to the traditional Latin mass than, than a lot of garden variety Roman Catholic parishes. So, you know, so you will see, see some, you know, kind of people going the other way and, 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 you know, finding, you know, their place in, in that. And the, the gentleman is always like, you know, I have to tell my friends it, it's still Catholic, you know, I, I wouldn't go if it weren't, you know, so, you know, that, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's an important point that people realize. And, and, and one of the gentlemen I spoke to, he's like, he, he grew up in a Lebanese uh, American family. They had, you know, they, they, and they had immigrated to, Rural Tennessee. So as you can imagine, not only did they not have a uh, a Melkite church near them, they didn't have a Catholic church near them. And and he said he didn't even because his family was was kind of that we're Americans now, you know, he's like he didn't even know until he went to uh, like to boarding school at a that was run by Benedictine uh, monks that he was not Roman Catholic, (laughs) that he, you know, he'd actually grown, you know, that he was actually a Melkite. And then, you know, his parents like kind of, yeah, yeah, that's what we are. But we never told you that kind of thing. But it, it took him going all the way there to even understand that there were more than one. There was more than one Catholic church. So even someone who grew up in the <laughs> raised by those by by Melkite parents was, you know, no, that's that. Yeah, we're uh, we're just Catholic. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's a, a very diverse church I've I've learned. So, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of, speaking of which you mentioned some idiosyncrasies and even I've seen this in, in various churches that I've gone to in the Roman rite, where, where some people, you know, there's people standing, there's people sitting, there are people holding hands during the, our father, there's there's all sorts of things that you kind of learn as you go to the parish and you're like, Oh, they, they don't do this or they do this and they don't do this. What what were some of the things that stood out to you and and many of them? Uh, well, I mean, one of the things that, in fact, I, I was in a conversation last night at our St. Vincent de Paul meeting. We don't have kneelers at our at, at my new at my new church. We just stand during, you know. And I've seen that before, but I haven't, you know. Most of the time, it was 
because of the limited nature of the of the church facility that that we were praying in that you know okay well we don't have the ability to have you know that here i never that was the first one i'd seen that was designed specifically without them i i it was it was you know and and the, a, one, a woman who's been worshiping there for years she says you know i I don't understand it. You know, she's like, I, I'd never seen it before. And I was wondering, you know, I was like, well, it just so happens. I went to a lot of churches last year and uh, I, I can't say it's very common either. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, they, they, they tend to be small. I, uh, you know, a, a, a priest who will explain the readings before the readings, you know, that uh, I've seen that um, when we exchange, you know, peace be with you. One parish just didn't do it at all. They just kind of skip over that entirely. Um <laughs> Not even the like the the waves that we do now, to, you know, post COVID. Uh, but yeah, as you say, you know, you're, you're holding hands during communion um, or uh, during uh, the Our Father. Uh, it just it, it tends to be little things, you know. Just yeah. uh, you know, but yeah. but the, but that one of the things that's really great, and and you know, as you travel, and this is something that my son and I experienced, you know, when we would go to these foreign language services, um, it, you don't have to speak the language to go to mass because it, you know, much of it transcends the, 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 you know, the spoken language, you know, that, you know, the, the order is the same. And, and so you can go and, and, and find your place uh, regardless of that, in which it, it is, it's kind of a nice thing, but it is, it's also nice to, you know, to have the little distinctions as well. So you can, uh, you know, if I, I can't imagine like, if you were going to a, a ch- you know, like, you know, because I've been to, you know, Protestant services in the past, you know, but if it's very much, you know, just the minister speaking to you, um, it would be very hard to do that if you didn't speak the language. I think you would, you know, the experience would be very, you know, whereas because of that, the order that we have, that it, it does uh, lend itself a little bit better to, you know, um, well, I mean, heck, for hundreds of years, it was just in Latin anyway. And it wasn't like people were speaking that. So, you know, so I think it lends itself that you can, you can go and experience it and, and experience the beauty of it, you know, even without a full understanding of, of, of the spoken words, um, you know, a little bit easier than, than maybe some other services. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. Like we were in Spain for a couple of weeks and, um, and just visiting different parishes, like I, you know, during, during the consecration of the Eucharist, there were people standing and I was like, why, why are people standing? Like, is this the, what do you do? You know? And we, we kneeled because that's what we do. We kneel. And uh, then I figured out after going to enough, enough masses, it's if you can kneel, kneel, but if you can, and most of the, most of the congregation uh, that attended mass, especially the weekday masses were older. older. And so that's why they were standing. And, and then, and then, and then the little idiosyncrasies of uh, the, like a one priest in San Sebastian would just, he would kind of go ad lib things, you know, and, t- and, t- and do some explanation and talk about yeah. this and talk about that. And um, as he's going through the mass. And so uh, kind of different than my experience where, where my priest tends to stick right to the missile is like, this is, this is the rubric. This is what we're doing. Yes. And then, yeah. you know, when it's time for the homily, then we'll, then I'll talk and, you know, and, and yeah. everything, but uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Some of the little nuances, but like you yeah. said, I think, I think the beauty of it is that, even if you are new, even if you don't speak yeah. the language, you can still participate. I like that. Yeah, and I, a woman I met at Yellowstone, and she's now traveling uh, the country uh, just as a part. She works for the parks, so she'll she'll go and she'll work there. She said she's, she was, and she, before that, she was a traveling nurse. So she was she's always been on the road. And she said that's the great thing about being Catholic is like some of my nurse friends 
have so much time figuring out where they want to go to church. It's like, she's like, I'm Catholic. I just go to the Catholic mass and I, you know, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> like, okay, well, that that's, uh, you know, it was, it was just, you know, an interesting observation for us. Like, yeah, I never have to worry. I, you know, uh, you know, I know if I go to the Catholic mass, it's going to be, it, you know, it, it's going to be a service that I'm, you know, I'm comfortable with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, tell, tell me about that experience going to, to Yellowstone. What was that like that? Oh, it was neat. Uh, you know, I was worried because they had the flooding this year. So yeah. I was, you know, I was, you know, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to, to go? Um, and, and, you know, I called him. He's like, no, the parts of the park that were, you know, and so, um, I went and I, I didn't go probably to the largest, they think the largest service they have is, is actually the, the vigil mass in there's a, a Canyon amphitheater. I think they call it. Um, the other ones tend to be more for the park employees. Um, but it's, it, it's neat. It's run by, it's a, it's a, it's a mission of the parish in Cody, Wyoming, which is the nearest parish, which is about two hours away. <laughs> and, but that's why, I mean, there's, you know, thousands of people at Yellowstone each weekend and, you know, it's two hours to mass. So, and then there's a priest from, there's a Jesuit priest from Baltimore and okay. he comes out every summer. Um, he loves to fly fish. So uh, that, you know, so it, it, that works in his favor. Um, so he comes down and he does the mass every, every week. And, you know, it's, it's one of the, you know, it's one of those places where everybody is, well, like, you know, in, in, when we were in, in San Juan, everybody was from somewhere else. You know, so, you know, he, he, you know, he kind of, you know, where's everybody from kind of thing. And, you know, and, and they, uh, you know, they, the, the, uh, the recessional is uh, America, the beautiful, because, uh, you know, he <laughs> celebrates, uh, you know, the, the, the national park system and, uh, you know, he's just very enthusiastic about, you know, he just loves Yellowstone and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's neat because, uh, I think I, I, I described it as, um, it's. I guess formally informal in that you have you have you know you have people who are taking time out from their vacation to go to mass right so I mean you have you know the most Catholic of of people you know but they're all there dressed for you know vacation you know so it's all flip flops and and you know and and shorts and t shirts you know so it's you know on the one hand that you know these are people who really you know who are really committed to you know they don't you know, just because you're on vacation doesn't give you a dispensation from, you know, from, from Sunday mass. So you have those people, but, you know, you know, it's very, you know, kind of loose gathering of people because they're all on vacation. So it's a, it's a neat experience. Um, uh, two of them were indoors that I went to, um, one right, right next to old faithful, you know, the, the lodge right next to it. And then, um, then, and then one outdoors and, you know, the, the attendance kind of varies depending on, you know, uh, I think the attendance was still down because of the, you know, overall because of the the, the flooding that they had. But uh, yeah, it was really neat. Uh, it was one of, I guess, two outdoor masses. I was one went to one in Alabama too during the during the summer, um, the previous summer. But uh, you know, man has created some incredible cathedrals, but you know, he still probably can't top, top God's work at Yellowstone <laughs> in terms of beauty. <laughs> I can't think of a better place to have an outdoor, uh, an outdoor church. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I wish I'd go to the, you know, the, because I think that probably the, the, I think the Canyon Amphitheater is probably the most, you know, that probably captures that the setting probably captures that the best, but it was, you know, I was only able to get there for, for the the Sunday masses. So, uh, um, 
I, I didn't, I didn't get to see that, but uh, in the, one of the buildings, like you have to, you know, guard, you know, cause there was a, there was a bison in the outside, out the window, you know, at, and it's like, you had, you know, you have to keep from getting distracted because it's really easy to get distracted. <laughs> you know, you're looking out the window and it's like, Oh my gosh, look at that. You know, <laughs> and the bison of course also caused the, uh, uh, the bison jams. So like you're, you're late mm-hmm. to mass because you got stuck because they're, they're just sitting in the road and you can't go anywhere. Nope. <laughs> you're late. And they're not moving for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> they're not moving for anything. Yes. <laughs> so he says, father says, you know, I, I have to keep a, a couple of extra hosts on, uh, on tap just in case somebody comes charging in late. So I, we, you know, we got caught behind a bison. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a very different, uh, different, different setting. So yeah. Uh, we went to went through Canada and uh, we went to mass outside of Banff. And th- that was really interesting too, because the priest, it was similar to probably what you experienced where the priest started off mass for 10, 15 minutes, just asking people where they're from, like, Hey, where are you from? You know? And I think it was just one of those things where nobody was from there. And so yeah. that's, that's what that parish is for. It's for, uh, I think it's for the, the native, um, uh, the first nations, um, okay. but also yeah. for, it's also for the tourists. That's kind of their, yeah. their main crowd. Yeah. So. That was, Stowe was like that in Vermont. That That's the parish that, you know, with the incredible building and, and story. Um, and then similar, but not the same would be in, I, I went to mass in Laughlin, Nevada, um, okay. both at the church and at the casino where the church <laughs> was founded. Um, and, Everybody in Laughlin is from somewhere else. Now they might huh. they live there now, yeah. But they didn't. They weren't from there. They you know they they you know they all relocated there. So they're all the average age is like eighty. <laughs> they're all retirees. They all retired to the sun, and uh, you know they they didn't have a church, so they they petitioned the 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 uh, the bishop of Las Vegas. You know you know, and he said okay, but they didn't have a building. And most of the people in Laughlin on a given weekend are at the casinos, you know, and mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have transportation because they might have flown in or bust in you know from from various places so you know they built the church building for the people who live there but then they still offer three masses a weekend at the casino and you know they get uh poker chips in the uh, collection box and <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a it's a you know but it's you know it the the it's great community i mean really you know super nice people and i i actually when i was there it coincided with they were dedicating a new building to uh, Father Garces, who's the the first Catholic priest in uh, to visit Nevada, named the Colorado River, actually. Um, and they were dedicating a building uh, to him. And so they had this ceremony and Father asked me to speak at the ceremony, oh, wow. um, you know, talk a little bit about my book. And it's like, yeah, sure. And in attendance at the uh, at the at for the, the the presentation was the Bishop of Las Vegas and oh, wow. the governor of Nevada. <laughs> no kidding. So, so I, I spoke in front of them and I, the Bishop was very gracious. He, you know, he, he, at, when I was walking off the, you know, little podium, he was like, he, you know, stuff and shook my hand. He's like, you know, thank you. It's, you're doing very good work kind of thing. And, uh, I got a photo of him later that the woman I was staying with when I was there, she's like, Oh, we gotta get a picture of you and the Bishop. <laughs> like, I don't know that he wants one, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of neat, but, uh, yeah, that, that they still offer mass three times a weekend in in the casino, and uh, it's uh, it's you know in, in the, like the theater that they have, uh, you know, the uh, father jokes that you know he's 
you know, given mass with a big Elvis poster behind him. And he says, you know, <laughs> we're here to worship the king, not that king. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That is amazing. Um, now, now in these, in these parishes that you visited, did they do that often where they introduced you or had you speak? Oh, yeah, or? most, most of them, because I wanted to meet parishioners. I mean, that was, you know, a big part of, 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 of going out was to meet parishioners and, and, you know, and talk to them about the parish and, or like talk about my experience experiences um and i you know which was wonderful i mean just i loved people who would come out and say oh you, you have you been here you've got to go there you know they not i in most cases i couldn't i had already been to that state or i was writing that story somewhere else but i just loved hearing their you know their enthusiasm for you know uh, you know, the shrine that they had visited in Arizona or, you know, this uh, type of service they had gone to in Maine, you know, and, and so that was, that was really neat. Um, so most of the times, and, and the only times they probably didn't were if maybe I got there early or something like that, but most of the time they would say, we have a, a guest here today, Daniel Markham, and, you know, and give him a brief explanation. And a couple of places they, they invited me up to speak, you know, uh, during my night, and I got a really great lesson when, when I was doing that, I, you know, cause I always felt a little bit sheepish, you know, like, okay. And I, and I had spoken at mass before I had spoken for St. Vince to Paul um, at my old parish and I was completely comfortable doing it, you know, but I was doing that, you know, I felt like, you know, I'm doing that because, you know, this is a ministry I'm involved in and I believe in it and, you know, and I, I want our parishioners to support it. But here I was kind of like, um, you know, should I be really talking about myself at mass kind of thing? And I was in Virginia and I had gotten done the, it was kind of an, almost an impromptu thing. He's like, yeah, we have you know, Daniel come up here and talk a little bit. So, so I, I get done and, and I walked off and this guy was like, he's like, you don't have to be ashamed of what you're doing. <laughs> he said, he said, you got, he got, you, he got, you got God on your right. You got Christ on your left. Holy spirit is, 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 is speaking through you. Go up there and talk, you know? <laughs> and, and I was like, well, thank you. I, I, you know, I, and it was just a random guy that, you know, I, I had, you know, just met after mass and he, but he was just like, you know, you don't, you know, he could sense that I was, you know, that, that I was a little apprehensive about, you know, and, and sheepish about, about speaking about it in, in mass. And he's kind of set me straight. I don't know that, you know, I, I ever, you know, I, I probably fully took his lessons to heart, but it was really, it was nice to hear that, you know, he's like, yeah, you're, this is what you're doing and you're doing it for, for very good reasons. And you don't have to be ashamed of, of it and you know go up there and speak and it was you know it was just one of the many little lessons i got from you know from anywhere you know and that was uh you know i mean most often from you know from the from the gospel from you know from the homilies you know it was for the for a while it felt like you know wow those those homilies are like just directed right at me you know they're they're speaking to my experiences so directly you know this is so and then i you know after a while i realized like okay, they're always that way. I was just more open to hearing that while I was there than I am maybe on a Sunday morning at my home parish when, you know, got things going on at home and we got plans afternoon and, you know, and, and I, you know, I was just more, okay, what is, you know, what does father say? And, you know, and so I think that if, you know, if that was a, a, an important lesson as well as like, you know, if you open yourself up to, you know, to the readings, to, you know, to the homily fully and, and push aside any of your, you know, your other things that, you know, that we're constantly in a battle with as, you know, uh, flawed human beings, um, you know, and just, 
allow the men, the word to, to, to enter you, you'll realize, wow, this really speaks to me and my everyday life so clearly and, and gives you that kind of clarity that, you know, that, that, uh, that we all need and, and, you know, allows us to, you know, you know, to develop that, that stronger relationship with Christ that, you know, I, I, you know, we should all be seeking. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about one of your experiences that you had. You went to Newtown, Connecticut, which is the the town where the horrific Sandy Hook shooting occurred uh, 10 years ago. Um, Tell me about that experience attending mass. Did you have a chance to talk with any of the victims? If I did, I didn't know. Um, Mm -hmm. I, but I mean, that was what I wanted to, you know, um, uh, Father Weiss, Monsignor Weiss, um, now, um, you know, he, he invited me there, um, you know, when I sent the email and he said, you know, you know, we, we were uh, played a, a role in, in helping the community recover, you know? And so when I, you know, I got the bag, I was like, well, that's obviously where I'm going in, in Connecticut. You know, I, I basically allowed him and I, and I, and I wanted to do this everywhere. I only wanted to speak to people who wanted to speak to me, you know? So I just basically said, father, you know, put me in touch with those people that, that are, that are comfortable speaking to me. So he, you know, I spoke to, I spoke to the the principal at, at, uh, at the school when, when the shooting took place, not, not at Sandy Hook at, at the Catholic school that, um, uh, you know, because they went into lockdown and they, there was reports that, you know, the shooter was going to come over to um, St. Rose. That, that was, I mean, he had, he had, he had gone to school there um, part of the time when he was, the shooter did, um, you know, so, uh, and then eight of the funerals, um, the kids funerals were held at, at St. Rose. I mean, he had funerals for eight straight days. So, you know, they were, and they, they held a mass that night, um, for the community. Um, you know, it really kind of began the, the recovery process. So it was, I was right, you know, I wanted to write about how, you know, how our faith, you know, carried us through that, you know, time. And I, you know, the, one of the, the, the religious ed teacher was said, she, you know, she, she came to the church and was, I mean, there's, you know, there were already people outside, they couldn't, you know, fit them all in and speakers and stuff like that. And she said, she saw this uh, local Protestant minister who was standing outside and she said, he kind of looked apprehensive. And, and she said, you know, he's like, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm glad I'm here, but I didn't, he's like, she's like, you need to go on the altar. You, you need to go up there. She's like, he's like, but I'm a Catholic. Said, that, at, at a time like this, it doesn't matter. You just go there, you know, you be, you know, this is, this is about our community. And, and, um, you know, and, and father didn't, you know, it was like, I didn't know what I was going to say. I, you know, I mean, it was, um, but it was, yeah, it was really powerful, um, you know, to, to hear their, the stories I did hear, but I didn't, I, if I, like I said, if I spoke to anyone after mass, um, they didn't make that apparent to me, but I, you know, I would have loved to, but it's one of those things that, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm only, you know, I'm not prying, <laughs> you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I will speak to anybody who wants to, and I'd love to hear their stories, but, you know, I have no desire to, to, I'm only, you know, I'm only interested in, in speaking to those people who, you know, who understand what I'm doing and, and want to be, you know, a part of it like yourself. <laughs> when we happen to meet, meet on the, uh, in, in San Juan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what was uh, an experience that happened that was totally unexpected? All right. So, this was, and, and I, and I do read about it in the books, but I went to St. Gianna's maternity home in um, uh, North Dakota. And it's for, you know, women who are in kind of crisis pregnancies come from, you know, dysfunctional, you know, home lives. And this is an opportunity where they can 
have and then raise a child in a faith-filled home, you know, and hopefully get them where when they return to the outside world, you know, they're better situated to to raise the child in 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 the in the way we 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 all want our children to be raised. And you know, I knew it was going to be a really powerful experience. You know, this was just it's it's such a, you know, a tremendous uh, you know, these homes, you know, are just, just such wonderful places. So I knew it was going to be a really great experience. And I, I stayed with father and and brother, Nick, they have a friary. And so I did morning prayers with them and evening prayers. So it was just a wonderful weekend, but I was, this is one of those situations where uh, the, the woman who runs the, the home after we had, we had lunch after mass and she said, you know, Daniel's here and anyone who wants to speak to him, you know, is welcome to, you know, you can go into like this parlor room you know, and he'll just ask you questions. So the first person I spoke to was the young lady who was staying at the home at the time. She was 17. Um, she had a two-year-old son. Um, so she's pregnant at 14. So we, we sit down and she's, she's explaining, you know, her life, very matter of fact, just, you know, kind of grew up in the worst kind of, you know, neglectful conditions. And she started to do that the same with her child, um, you know, abusing drugs, you know, but that was all she kind of knew, you know, and she's but very, you know, just laying it out very straightforward, you know, no, no, no real excuses. Just, you know, this is this is what I, I lived with. And, you know, now she wants better for her, her son. So we were speaking, we talked for about 20 minutes and then the door bursts open and there's a young lady who she's four years old and she was adopted by the woman who runs the home. And so she's a four year old girl who's lived her whole life around this home. They, they actually live behind it, but you know, her, all their time is spent in this home. So as you can imagine as a four-year-old girl, she kind of runs the place, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, she's in charge, you know, everybody else is just kind of, you know, following her, her, her instructions. So she bursts in, you know, where's JJ? And JJ's the name of the, the, the young woman's son. And she said, well, I, I don't know. He's probably with the house mothers. Well, I want to play with him. Well, you're going to have to find him. I, I've been here talking to this, to this man. And so she kind of shoes her out the door. And I, I figure, well, this is a natural place for, for us to break. You know, we, we, she, she told me her story. And so she, she shuts and she's like, no, 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 we have to keep talking. And I'm thinking, well, that, that's unusual. I don't usually get that kind of response from people I'm interviewing in, in my, in my career, you know, in, in the, in the, you know, writing. And she proceeds to spend the next 20 minutes asking me questions. How do you stay married? How do you trust your spouse? How, how do you how do you keep from getting bored? All of these questions she has about the life that she wants, but has no no guide for it. She's never she, her life has been bereft of those experiences, and all of the people that work at the at the home they're all single. <laughs> you know, there's father and brother Nick, and the house mothers are just women in their you know early twenties. You know, and then Mayor Pat is is a single mom, uh, woman. And so everybody there is single. So I'm this rare father, mm-hmm. husband, you know, and she saw that as an opportunity to ask all these questions, you know, that she wanted answers to. And, you know, I did my best to answer them. I, you know, I, I, I honestly and, and truthfully and, but it was wonderful that I felt like, you know, whatever I expected on the trip, I never thought I'd be in a position, unique position to help someone. 
You know, like I went and did some, you know, volunteer work with, you know, some St. Vincent de Paul or, or other organizations, you know, like one, I was handing out gloves one time. Well, if I wasn't there, the gloves were still going to get handed out. <laughs> I wasn't bringing any particular skills to the operation. I was just bringing my time and, and, and I, I love the, you know, I love doing it, you know, but I wasn't instrumental to the process, but here I was uniquely qualified to help this young woman to, to, you know, just to give her a little bit of hope that, you know, that what she wants, this, a full family life with a husband and, 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 and children, you know, in a loving home that it is possible and you can, you can attain that and, and it's out there for you. And when I got done talking to her, I just felt like, you know what, no matter what happens the rest of the trip, this validated everything. I was, I was here for, you know, the Holy Spirit put me here to talk to this young woman, you know, and to give her hope. And I, I didn't care what happened the rest of the way. This was, this, this, it, it made everything worthwhile. Just, you know, and it just reinforced that idea that, okay, this is, this is why you're doing this is because, you know, I'm at what just this, just this one point in the trip, I'm going to be in a unique position that, that if I weren't there, she might not have experienced that and uh, never expected it to happen. Just so eternally grateful that it did. I was blessed to be in that position. Daniel is such a genuine Christian and a wonderful journalist, and it was great having the opportunity to interview him. I thought his book was going to be about the architecture of the churches, but really 52 Masses is about the people that make up the churches. Daniel is just a wonderful storyteller and provides stories of how God is at work across our diverse country. In the show notes, I've included a few links where you can see pictures and learn more about Daniel Strips, as well as where you can order a copy of 52 Masses for yourself. Just a reminder, please subscribe to the Why Catholic Podcast on your platform of choice, and you can also join the Why Catholic community. It's free, but if you're feeling generous, there's also a place to give. To get started, go to whycatholic.substack.com slash subscribe. Thanks again to Daniel and to you for joining me. Until next time, God bless you. My name is Justin Hibbert, and this is Why Catholic.